I don't even know where Bompo comes from. Is it? I mean, I assume it's Simpsons. It has to be Simpsons. It has I, to be. I don't know if I've ever heard it in my life. Bompo? Yeah. Like as a... Like it's going great. Like I feel that. like that's like the old Dave Chappelle, like zip it up and zip it out. <laughs> it does. It does have that feel to it uh, for for sure. Uh, speaking of zipping, what are you sipping on, Johnny? Oh, are you sipping on I, I just had a little uh, a little late in the evening uh, sip of coffee, and now I've graduated on to a little uh, bullet bourbon with a single oversized ice cube. Atta boy! I I did a I went back to to Beer Town. I got myself an Atomic Torpedo, which feels very weirdly like is edgy. that administered orally? It's like edgy for no reason. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the Sierra Nevada big boy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good one. Is that like a that that looks like that's like a sixteen ounce can there? I think so. Yeah, it looks like a sixteen. I can't tell if your if your beer koozie is just drooping or if uh, it's yeah a, okay a nineteen point two fluid ounce. That's got to be something metric. I mean, it's it's gonna get me a metric ton of f-ed up. It's not. It's it's not. It's I mean it's a hefty eight point two percenter. So that's oh, that's a, it's, uh, that's pretty healthy. Yeah, uh, 19, yeah, nineteen point whatever ounces, flowing ounces of that. That's uh, that's like triple that right there. That's yeah. uh, yeah. Let's see, let's see where let's I'm. See at. if you can stay awake through the episode <laughs> for the whole. Let's <laughs> let's see if we can make it. It's my first. It's my first beer of the day. Even though I watched this this Grand Prix. Very early this did you, morning. Did you want a beer immediately after the Grand Prix? Oh, I was mad at myself for not having any booze in my system. But it was eight forty-five, I think, in the morning when when the the shenanigans began. Agains. Um Well, I mean, I guess it, it's the shenanigans were there the whole race. If we're talking Ferrari. All right. So, I mean, yeah, let's yeah, do it. Let's this, do it. Let's, this, let's do it. We got to do, we got to do the pod. We do what? Intro, what are we doing? Intro the podcast. Uh, intro what? This is a podcast? It's a podcast. Welcome to the F1 files, folks. Oh, I the F1 am, files. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah it's yeah, the, F1, the files. F1 files. Yep. It's uh, a podcast between two best friends. And best friends. Yep, yep, we. Yep. Our, our lifelong F1 fans. Uh, my name is Corey Willis. I am an improviser, actor, and writer out here in Los Angeles, California. What's up? This is Johnny Lapore. I'm a creative leader focused on designing the future for film, technology, and automotive. Mm. Uh, what a what a Dutch Grand Prix we had. That was, it was uh it was an eventful thing, wasn't it? I, I found myself getting a little fired up. I, I will say uh, I felt like it was a particularly emotional Grand Prix for sure for me. Did you did Ab- you absolutely. did you feel that? Uh, I felt very emotional. It was it was a a good weekend, just an interesting weekend right from the jump, I thought. Uh, the mm-hmm. there was it the, the race itself felt completely packed. Like I'm very thankful that we don't do our old, uh, the old version of this, Johnny, where we were going kind of lap by lap because this 
this would be like a four parter, uh, and it would go yeah. There was there long. was a lot there was a lot going on there. Uh, so much. I I felt like there was a singular thread though for the race for me, or there was a theme or just a sense that I got mm-hmm. from it. And I felt like although you could say this about some other races this season, this one felt particularly tragic. Yes. In yes. Multiple ways. I think there was a lot of uh, broken hearts on the on the 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 racing surface. And uh, yeah, I mean, what what was uh, for you? What was the headline of the race? Uh, I mean, the headline of the race was uh, this is there was there were so there were several headlines. This was like uh, an evening edition that they had like a, like a Dutch edition. <laughs> Extra, 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 extra. Yeah, there's a little kid on the street corner, a little Dutch kid in in wooden shoes, uh, waving about some sort of evening edition to explain. Uh, this was a it was a overflowing stroop waffle. Uh, yes, of just, a race. Your your their stroop waffles runneth over uh, mm-hmm. there in in Zanvoort. They there was probably the headline was. Uh, Hmm. Lewis comes oh so close. Uh, <laughs> I'd say that was that was maybe the headline for me. Would yeah, be I think. Lewis. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. ob- obviously, yeah. being a being a Hamilton fan, yeah, that was yeah. that was huge for me, and it and it really felt like what we saw in the race today was like maybe this was his one chance of the entire season. Yeah, I don't know how many other tracks are gonna eke out. Yeah. a race win and yeah. i and i want to note that if this season if hamilton does not get a race win it will be his first season ever in what what is this his 14th year in formula mm-hmm. 1 i think it's his 14th mm-hmm. 14th or 15th year Fifth, in f1 this is his 15th season he's done 14 full years up until now and this is yeah and from his explosive rookie year all the way through to off years, both with McLaren and even in the early days before the Mercedes, uh, you know, unit was up to to winning championships. He still still got race wins in, and it seems so far year. away right now. It seems seems so far away right now, and so it didn't to see- happen in Budapest, and it didn't happen here, and these were the two tracks that. <sighs> If they were going to happen this year, I think they these might have been, yeah, yeah. So now I want to be pragmatic. All right, so so effectively, the situation that we saw unfolding was Hamilton was set up to be maybe the only car in the field that could pull off a one stop strategy. Yes, for the race. I mean, and George George as well. George was also the other car that could have potentially. I think pulled I mean, off looked, a one looked stop. like he could have, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so this was actually looking like you know for that reason alone, for that strategic reason alone, he would have a chance of uh, of pulling it out. And the only thing that could get in the way would be if there was, say, you know, a safety car to come out and close up the field and and whatnot. Yeah, and we had a we had a virtual safety car, which effectively initiated that. 
Yeah. And and set up uh, Red Bull for a, a not quite a free pit stop, but got them uh, got them a, a healthy healthy pit stop. Yeah. Which, by uh, the way, I saw some just just an aside quick here. Uh, Hannah Schmidt, I think, is the name of the the chief Red Bull strategist. Yes, uh, I yeah. guess that she made that call, and it was an absolutely brilliant call. And it's so f***ed up that anyone is like so, going after her in any way. Uh, yeah, let's touch, let's touch on Hannah Schmidt for for a moment yeah. because uh, she's not on many folks' radars uh, outside of the people who are deep into the world of the people, yeah. really leading the strategy calls for these individual teams, and in that in those circles. She gets an enormous amount of respect and is considered She's one of quite the absolute best. The best at at her at the job. There's nobody better on the planet than than her, and she's proved it for her whole career. Uh, yep. Like exquisite, like to a ridiculous extent. Uh, so, yeah. Um, well, yeah. We should we should take a moment and circle back to the the fact that this the tragic aspect of the race has also brought out some particularly toxic yeah. fandom stuff. Yeah. Uh, and and a good portion of it has been pointed at, at her, which yeah, is very by, unfortunate. By the Hamilton fan base, which yeah. really, really sucks. There's yeah, there's a there's a bunch of being spewed at her and it's just mm-hmm. it's really unfortunate and i i think much like the the dutch fans and verstappen's fan base was called out for being toxic and terrible and pointing their vitriol at another person versus like what's broken inside of you bro um uh and then it also well, being well, a woman it just being well, while we're while we're on it why is why is there toxic uh, energy going in in her direction well it's just that they, they literally like i guess some some pockets of the hamilton fan base look at the strategy calls of red bull to be duplicitous because maybe they're working in concert with alpha towery and like there's all this mm-hmm. weird so there's right now a conspiracy theory running around that yeah. uh, uh yuki sonoda's issues that he was having so yuki sonoda triggered uh sorry he triggered the virtual safety car he, he triggered the, the virtual safety car yeah so yeah. which 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 was very much to uh verstappen's advantage and so yeah uh yuki said he had some issues with he thought it sounded like he thought the wheels were not yeah. fully attached after a pit stop he said the thing that you're never supposed to say over the radio yes yeah because that's a huge that's also a huge violation for the whole team like if you if you do not have yeah. your wheels safely like, attached like and you send the, the car out onto the circuit like that's such a hazard and maybe yeah. a disqualification from the event like yeah. almost immediately um which is like a disqualification for the maybe even the whole team it, like it's like a wild penalty that it's a, it's a big deal because the yeah. wheel if a wheel comes off yeah the wheel is like the piece of the car most likely to travel all the way to where the fans are mm-hmm. and hurt somebody viciously hurt several um, people probably yes. and those the catch fences are not ned, ned flanders style yeah uh, yeah yes yeah. Uh, um but yeah, or sorry, mod mod flanders, mod flanders, mod flanders. Not, yeah. uh, the t shirt uh, cannon. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so uh, the the so so Yuki Yuki thinks that his wheels aren't attached. Mm-hmm. He pulls the car off, starts taking his belts off, and like is about to jump out and. I'm watching that and I'm already freaking out being like, no, this is going to bring out the safety this car. Is a it's going to close car. it up. It's going to be. And yeah. then all of a sudden the team somehow are like, yeah, no, we somehow, I don't know how the team can actually tell how attached, like how they can remotely tell so, that the cars are, that the wheels are yeah, apparently what's, what's going on here. Well, and this is, uh, this is still very fresh. This is Sunday and there isn't like a, uh, there, I don't even know if they're, debrief has been released to the entire team uh but i believe what happened was there was a sensor that was that always mo- that, i mean there are sensors that always monitor the wheels and tires of f1 cars uh especially at like the connection points at like the hubs where they could potentially mm-hmm. detach and all those sensors were fine but there was a sensor that was saying there was an issue with the differential and yuki okay. also said when he pulled back out of the pit lane after they changed his tires he was only able to get wheel spin on one of the 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 tires uh on one of i don't remember which one if it was the left rear or the right rear but he said he only spun one of those tires which that's like every F1 team, that's what they do when they leave the pit lane is they try to bring those yeah. tires up to speed by spinning them. And you can tell if one of your tires is not spinning because only one of them is moving. So that's supposedly what the issue was, uh, was a differential issue. So the wheels and tires were attached, but the differential was... Yeah, differentials doing some sort of lockup and making everything feel weird and funny. and Yeah, yeah. which I guess um, could make the tire feel like it was falling off if... It doesn't feel like the yeah. Tire it's going to create some weird yeah. friction or chunkiness in the you know the yeah. the way the wheels are 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 spinning. So, um, so Yuki goes in, and I'm like, oh, thank God, it wasn't a problem. We won't yeah. have the VSC. Whew. Goes into the pits. Uh, there's a little bit of shenanigans of messing around, uh, particularly because he had undone his belts, and so all the team. Like expecting to get out of the guys car. are trying yeah, to yeah. yeah they're basically trying to like tie his shoelaces for him while he's in yeah. the cockpit of a super yeah. tight formula one car because and the, the, the the drivers are strapped so tightly into those vehicles yeah. that and by i by strapped we mean like someone several other people strap them into those cars and it's a whole part of the procedure of them getting into these cars and that's why they i mean it's an amazing thing if you if you've ever been in a uh race car with harnesses there is this magical thing that happens when you like do the thing of like tighten them so that i can't breathe yeah and then all of a sudden you feel every piece of the car like in your spine and yeah, it, like and it, it, it enhances the connection and the sensation it does. dramatically it's it's the sensation of like if you i mean <laughs> if you've ever seen like a kid that's in one of those front packs uh mm-hmm. just like suspended yep. from their parent that is what ha- like you just become suspended yeah to the frame of the vehicle like you are locked at that's what those harnesses are they're like literally bolting you to the like the structural frame of your car but in an f1 car it's like you are being like cinched down into a fully recumbent position almost like you're in a bathtub uh but you're like locked into the car uh so Mm -hmm. like everything you feel everything in an even more 
uh, intense way. So Yuki undid those belts because he was getting he was going to be getting out of the car because yeah. he thought the wheel had fallen off. But then he they had to get like it's usually like a three person job, but they're only able to get two people in there at the time yep. because of the Hans device and the headrest and everything is in place and the wheel is already in place. Like they couldn't undo all the things to get to him. Oh, and so they so funny. They, he they send him out and then like he gets you know. 500 30, feet from 32 second pit stop by the way 31.9 yeah, second pit stop. seconds like oh uh the maybe the longest but not by far pit stop of the nope. race we'll get little, back little, to that yeah little little foreshadowing there uh so yuki heads out do you hear that Pagliacci? Pagliacci, put your fucking makeup on we're about to start talking about you we need yeah, you to suit that's up. right Pagliacci, you've been given your five-minute <laughs> yeah. warning. Thank you, Get five your, minutes. Start yeah. lacing up those giant clown shoes. <laughs> Get but that clown makeup sure on. all of your clown shoes. Make sure you don't yeah. forget one of your shoes, Pagliacci. Yeah. Uh, all, all right. right. Sorry. Jesus back, back to Yuki. Back to Yuki. We got uh, yeah, Yuki, yeah, Yuki yeah. rolls out, gets like 500 feet away from pit lane exit, and then is like, oh, yeah, guys, sorry, it wasn't the tire. It's totally the differential. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got I have to turn this car off immediately. Yep. And that then triggers the virtual safety car. I am sitting uh, in, uh, uh, was actually over uh, watching the race uh, at my Uncle Rick's Oh, house. Ricky! Oh. Yeah, shout out to uh to to Rick Lapore was great yeah. to uh enjoy enjoy the race with uh one of the uh central figures that got me into Formula One in the mm-hmm. first place. Um but uh you know sitting there and I'm you know shouting at his television instead of my own and uh you know and, and that's it. That sets up like okay, Max is gonna kinda be able to to get a cheap pit stop. And, yeah. you know, and I'm just assuming even if he drops back a few positions, he's going to claw his way up through the field. Of and, course. And all of that. And that's going to, you know, pull a very typical Max Verstappen. But it is Zanvoort. So it's even, you know, even though it is his home Grand Prix, the track is one built for Mercedes. Like it is one of the few tracks that the Mercedes yeah. can actually really, really shine at this year. And also, it is very difficult to just carve your way through the field. And yeah, I mean, worth worth noting that Max qualified on pole by yeah. what was it, f- like four hundredths? Yeah, like four one hundredths, or like maybe even maybe even four thousandths of a second. Like it was, it was, it was, it was a ridiculously close. Yeah qualifying you know and and i think we were all expecting that you know he'd be walking away from the whole field but i will say in race trim the car still seems pretty dominant pretty was, pretty dialed in i was watching a little peter windsor analysis and he was saying that because it was zanvort red bull did have the engine mode turned down for most of the race and part of qualifying just because they want to save these engines and they know that it's not a top speed track uh, which, yeah, even when they had the engine turned down, they put it on like full beans at the end of the race, and we all saw what that looks like. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's yeah. So, so let's let's get into the you know the the Hamilton tragedy is that yeah. like all right yeah. he's he is he is leading the race still. Well, all um, the way back to qualifying, all the way back to qualifying. So let's just touch touch yeah. real briefly. Um, 
there was a moment at the end of qualifying where Hamilton and Russell were putting in uh, as uh, as as Martin Brundle likes to say, uh, stonking laps, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and they were those those mini sectors, and the sectors were uh, green and purple for both of them. And then Perez ate it out of the the big bank turn. He got a little sideways uh, and made it into the gravel and couldn't make his way out, and that basically nixed the the laps that were being put in right behind uh behind i think it was signs at that time uh but leclerc and signs and verstappen had all put in amazing laps but russell and hamilton didn't get a chance to actually qualify where they probably could have at least hamilton didn't qualify where he thinks he should have he probably he thinks and i'm not too uncertain that he wouldn't have been challenging for pole. He would at least have been challenging Leclerc for that second spot. So mm-hmm. that was kind of the start of like the, oh, damn it, Mercedes, this is your weekend and things just aren't working out for you right, uh, like right away in qualifying. Yeah. So well into, you know, we're closing in on the final stages of the race after Mm -hmm. this VSC. And it seems like Hamilton, if he can hold it back, he's got a chance. And then there's another pivotal moment, which is Botas has an issue with his car. Yeah. He stops down and he stops in a very precarious place and it's going to be a full safety car. Yeah. It was the pit straight. It's they're going 200 plus miles an hour. Uh, they, they can't, they had to, they had to pull the full safety car to get him out of there. Um, even though signs pulled off something a little bit, as they say, naughty, uh, uh, on that right before the, the safety car was deployed, uh, the lap before signs did yeah. pull a pass on, on Ocon, I think it was. Yeah. And he, and he, re- he got a pretty legit penalty, for, from well, that straight out of get the gate, that. right? He didn't get. They didn't give him a penalty for that. Uh, apparently, he passed. Oh, it was. It was. He had made the, the pass before he actually reached the yellow flag uh, mm-hmm. of the of the 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 person, the marshal waving the yellow flag. So he had made the pass or was just ahead of Ocon right before that happened. But then he did get that five second penalty for an unsafe release that you're you're thinking of. That yeah. was yeah, that yeah, was yeah. what happened there. Yeah. Um. So you know, going into the final stages of the of the race, Botas triggers a safety car, mm-hmm. and in this moment, Red Bull did something that I was definitely not expecting, which was they pulled Max in. Yeah. For his what would be his third pit stop. Yeah. of the race Hamilton having only done one and so to me that immediately like initially triggers this thought of like oh well that's you know gonna hinder him and then I immediately think like oh no he's gonna be on like really fresh solid tires and Mercedes chose to leave Lewis out and that's one of those moments where I think that's the you know that's the deciding moment. Like uh, there's there's something else that happened in there, but I think the the immediate strategic move would have been to say, well, if Max is coming in, then have Lewis come in, so he yeah. has the exact same tires. Yeah, because 
because the safety car stayed out so long, Max had no problem getting right back up to Lewis's tail before the safety car came in. Yeah. And when the safety car came in, Max like was ahead of Lewis, like the moment they started racing, like it was instantaneous. Like I was thinking like, well, at least we'll get to see Hamilton do some defense and make his car wide and Max will probably get him, but it might be a lap or two. And it was like, not even like it was, it was as if they Lewis's the start yeah. finish straight. And like, as, oh. as, as they're crossing, they're the, the literally like the the start finish line. Uh, Max is beginning to make the pass on Lewis. So quite literally, as the race restarts, not only is Max starting to make the pass on Lewis, but he's doing it in the way that Russell did it to Perez a few a few races back, mm-hmm. where it was just like he just predicted the perfect time for when the virtual safety car was going to end and he blew the doors off of Perez, like Perez was standing still. And that was kind of what happened here, except it was with a full safety car and Red Bull for the first time dialing their engine up and knowing there was also that moment of like Lewis was on mediums. There was no other way that Max was going to try to get by him. If he didn't try Like if he, had tried to battle him on track once those tires were in their window. That wouldn't have that pass would have happened, but it may have made those softs way too ragged, and it would have ruined it for the end of the race. So that was a brilliant again a brilliant call between Red Bull strategists and Max, and just knowing exactly what he had to do, and knowing that track, and trusting himself, and trusting that car to be able to just outdrag the mercedes but also a huge bummer that mercedes didn't catch like that like in the moment strategy move of like you know well this is our strategy unless this one wild card thing happens and then this would be our immediate response and they just didn't seem to have that which to me sucked and then on top of that yeah they also didn't push for and you know being a a hamilton fan obviously this is what I'm going to want to see, but I, w- I was really expecting that the the setup, because the order at that point during the safety car was Hamilton, Russell, Verstappen. And I thought, all right, well, Verstappen's going to hunt Hamilton down, but at least he's got yeah. Russell there to play yeah. defense. And instead, Russell, you know, chimed in on the radio and said, hey, I want that. I want that soft tire. I want that hot, fast, soft tire. Let me get Which was that. the right... The right Which was move. the right move. It's of course that's what he wants. And, good on good know, on I Russell. I don't think he that, finished yeah, second. I, that was, I mean, that was it. But that preserved his own race tremendously. But but I do wonder if things would have gone a little differently if they had said no. You gotta you gotta play defense. You know. But I, I think even that almost doesn't matter because the real move, the the only move that would have mattered would have been saying come in right now and get the same exact tires as Max. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that would have that and you've got that would have given laps to given Hamilton a, a chance. And so the yeah, the result yeah. is we just see Hamilton, who we know, and you can tell via the his very frustrated and upset radio communications, you could tell that he is tasting that he may have a chance to get a race win here. Yeah. 
the yeah. circumstances that have made it seem like it wouldn't happen at all this season, he might have this chance. And it's immediately let down. The Red Bull blows away from him. And then before we know it, Russell passes him and yep. Claire passes him. And it's just uh, at that point, it's just sort of a, a, a disgraceful embarrassment for for Lewis. Well, there was also something that that uh, in that in that Peter Windsor analysis, uh, he was like, oh, that whole not letting Russell by and that little like tiny little juke to the right that Hamilton did on the pit mm-hmm. straight. He made sure to do that directly in front of the Mercedes like spot on the pit wall. Uh, and that's right. That was right there. So yeah, so there there was it it was and it was cool to see that they didn't have team orders mm-hmm. and that there was clearly some intense, yeah, uh, borderline sketchy but still seemed fair racing going on between teammates. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't picked up on that, but yes, those sparks were flying. The literal sparks were flying. Like right where the whole team are, yeah, right there. Everybody saw mm. that, and also in the radio communications, uh, I have a I have my fun little um, fun. I, it's my ridiculous little multi-screen uh, setup. Uh, so I watch it on my TV and then throw the old iPad up and do the driver tracker mm-hmm. and then uh, throw uh, usually. If if he's in the fight, I'll I'll put Hamilton's um, uh, on board on my phone and like have that like underneath it. So I'm watching the whole damn thing all synced up in a stupid ass way, uh, and listening to uh, Hamilton's radio afterwards. It like they come on. Bono comes on and apologizes. Toto comes on and apologizes, or maybe it was James who came on first and apologized, and then Toto comes on and apologizes. And then Lewis just doesn't say anything. He just, no response. You see him like gathering his thoughts, gathering himself. And then just before he comes into the pit, he thanks. He's like, hey, mechanics, phenomenal yeah. job. Just what an incredible job. Uh, we're And deliberately left off the engineers. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, he's. I, I get why he felt pissed. And it is that like kind of an un written rule of like you don't thank everybody except one person because clearly you are dissing that one person so he kind of what was was his intense what was his heated message to the pits just as this was happening um well one he was like you the the there was there was on the on the screen they do the you know they write it out and there was like a group of asterisks denoting a word that can't be printed on television and then comma another group of asterisks yeah uh yeah. and and uh i was trying I to think, figure out like it sounded like it sounded like he said you fucking fucked me yeah was that yeah oh it was it was you guys really fucked me on this one I no, can't no, no 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 it was it was but it was like two consecutive but i think the next line was like this is this is totally fucked like it was just no, like no 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 it was it was you fucking I was, fucked me I was and then at this them is and totally then, yeah like yeah. it was it was that that was at least the way it read on screen uh, yeah i assume i assume they're very intentional when they place the comma in the uh, uh and and you know so 
I want to now go actually... back and listen to the onboards because they don't bleep those, and I don't think that oh, they bleep oh, nice. them. Oh, nice, yeah. I'd love facts. to get the, uh, the, the actual the straight, the yeah, straight yeah. feed. Um, so, you know, the cool thing is, is that I think last week we had a little bit of radio drama play mm-hmm. out that was immediately cooled off by the post-race interviews and discussions, you know, yeah. between uh, Lewis and Alonzo. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think it's actually cool that I think literally coming into this race, everyone now has this precedent of their mind of instead of being like, oh, listen to Hamilton whining or, you know, I can't believe he's throwing his whole team under the bus. You know, I think everyone's coming to it with a little bit of this like, okay, these guys are, you know, piloting spaceships that are reentering the atmosphere. Like, let them let them be a little uh, dramatic or emotional in their current state. And then let's take them, you know, let's take their word when they've had a chance to cool down a little bit. Yeah. And they'll really tell us what they're feeling uh, in an analytical way versus like a purely emotional and reactive way in the moment. Also when they're trying to curry favor with stewards, like that is also part of the, the dance of the radio. And if you've been watching it long enough, you you will get that, that they're clearly, everyone sees what happens, Every like everyone, it's just that they want to quite literally put it in writing and put it on record. And those are, <laughs> those transmissions are then transcribed. And then there's a literal radio transmission that has been transcribed that says, man, this guy is driving really dangerously. Like it's, it's yeah. not just for you know, uh, uh, for the pageantry, it is also used as a tool. So it is interesting to hear them like split that really walk that tightrope now. Um, so, uh, the, and we, we alluded to this, but you know, one of the things that was trickling out of this or the toxic behavior that we saw was basically the fact that this VSC came out and kind of closed up or gave Verstappen a, a, a cheaper pit stop um, was seen. Some people are running around with a conspiracy theory that Red Bull reached out to the AlphaTauri team and orchestrated this to give them an advantage, which I think is is pretty clearly BS. And arguably, yeah. you could say the same exact thing happened with Mercedes reaching out to you know their old buddy Botas and asking him to you know. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Shut his car down in their favor. Uh, a, a handful of laps later, so uh, and you it know, is. I, 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 def- I, I contributed to that last week uh, by suggesting that there was there was something going on with Alpha Tauri and uh, Yuki and Gasly not starting in the race when there was no reason for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is all serendipitous. It's all coincidental. And there's certainly, I don't think that they're going to undercut themselves as a Formula One team that is quite literally on like the chopping block uh, and looking to be purchased potentially by someone else. They're not going to be sandbagging their chances with a team that is letting them twist in the wind, right? Like Red Bull doesn't really care about alpha towery ultimately that that's i mean yeah sure they used it for their junior program but 
now the junior programs are all weird and like especially with this piastri thing that it there's nothing mm-hmm. left with the junior programs i mean with schumacher leaving it two years into being not even a ferrari driver uh for driving for another team for a competitor like it's yeah uh so i i don't think that there's any reason why alpha Tauri would sabotage their own race or potentially put their own drivers at risk uh or reputations at risk or whatever just to give max an edge because quite frankly max doesn't need that edge he just doesn't he's yeah he's in superior equipment and he's a superior driver at this point he just is that that's there's no no two ways about it so uh yeah so so speaking of serendipity uh why don't we why don't we turn to our favorite recurring segment here on the the f1 files it's not recurring by choice it's not we're not bringing this segment back because it's like popular or something or that i mean yes we are delighting in the segment a little bit but so uh there's uh there's a mel brooks quote which is i'm so excited um, to hear this i'm so excited uh, which is uh tragedy is when i get a paper cut on my finger uh comedy is when you fall into an open sewer and die. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so there's, you know, for me, the theme of the race was, was, was tragedy. And there is, there is another key tragedy that's happening here, but it is a tragedy that I just, I, I, I can't, I can't be anything but delighted by, I have a tremendous appreciation for the heights of, innovation it's so good of new and refreshing ways that scuderia ferrari aka scuderia pagliacci have found to reinvent themselves as a whole new kind of clown to take the art of of clowning to a whole new plateau to heights that i didn't realize were heights uh that they're they're really do they're doing things that I didn't think were possible as far as surprise. They come I mean, this is this is what I'm watching on my uncle's beautiful flat screen TV. I see Carlos signs come into the pit and I'm watching and all of a sudden we're like, oh, this is a slow pit stop. And then we're like, wait a second, wait a second, there's no tire at the left rear. Yeah. They're putting three tires on the car. There's like not even a tire on standby. Like you expect, nope. like when the when the stop is slow, you expect that somebody has forcefully worked the wheel gun and like jammed up the lug nut or done something where like it's stuck or it's sticking or there's or- like damage to the actual like axle itself so they're having yeah. to like really like maybe there's a problem the with off or they've jacked off. the car up but it's the jack is unbalanced and one corner of the car is still on the ground so they can't free the wheel they yeah, have the to drop the car down and jack it back up again yeah yeah like there's a no, there's so many things mm-hmm. that can go wrong there are failures in, in, in the gun in stuff. in the gun the the the, the yeah. actual gun itself which we'll get back to in just a moment um that gun itself could have <laughs> 
uh, like that could have failed. And you see every once in a while, a mechanic will hold up a gun over their head in the middle of a pit stop. And it's because the gun has failed and they'll scramble out and connect a new gun. And it will take a long time, but we'll see that there's like a failure in the mechanical equipment, but they just forgot one of the tires. Yeah. There can be no failure in the mechanical equipment. If you forget the mechanical equipment, there wasn't, there wasn't a, a fourth tire. Is there any kind of legitimate excuse for what's going on here? I mean, did like Carlos Sainz blitz them and catch them way off guard or something? Uh, so there is and there isn't. Uh, did they have way too much pre-race iced tea and the guy who had that fourth tire was in the bathroom? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, it was... It was the nature of Zanvoort, the track itself. The pit lane itself is very small, very narrow, so it can complicate things already. Um, That's not what happened here. I'm just saying that as like a thing. Uh, So people are already kind of a little on edge in Zanvoort. Like it's very difficult to to double stack a car, uh, which is when you pull a car into the pit box and there's enough room behind your pit box that your teammate can come in and pull in and basically be waiting for you to pull out so that they can pull in. The pit lane is so short that you quite literally can't stack two cars without going into someone else's pit box. So th- there, there's a real problem there. It's a real like logistical problem. But Ferrari out thought themselves. <laughs> and what they did was they were like, we are going to do a pit stop and we are not going to let anybody know that we are going to do a pit stop. And this is the engineering team being like, this is brilliant. Let's make sure that we wait until the last possible moment to call this pit stop. And they're like, okay, this is great. This is great. All right. Everybody be chill. Everybody be cool. 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 And in this communication, in this hushing, Someone forgot to tell the mechanics who actually run the pit stop that they were about to do a pit stop. So the engineers are playing it daddy fucking smooth. And everyone's very quiet and very chill on the radio. And then at the last moment, they're like, box, box, Carlos, box, box. And Carlos does the thing where he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. And very quickly pulls into the pit lane. And Ferrari, <laughs> like turns to the mechanics and the mechanics are like busy like you know cleaning out their espresso glasses just like getting that last little tiny bit of delicious energy juice and then the car pulls in and they're like oh oh which of course they then need to be like what tires are we doing what tires are we bringing out so everyone got the message but because it's such a narrow confined space they were like running like they couldn't get past each other to get to the tires. So the last guy who pulls out the last tire, uh, which is the left rear, that's the last tire that logistically makes sense to be pulled from the stack. It's at the bottom and it's going to go to the, one of the closest points in the car. So that tire just didn't make it out in time. So that's why the guy kind of looks up from where he's sitting with the gun to be like, uh, tire and there's no one there there's no one even like running to him the other thing is is like you mentioned this like this coolness of this maneuver yeah you know uh it's like it's it's like literally like they're saying like i'm bond james bond right before (laughs) falling into the open sewer 
yes. right? Like, yes, it's and, <laughs> yeah. like and doesn't even during, finish saying Bond like James Book, uh, and then yeah, biffs yeah. it, yeah, yeah, and <sighs> and while the pit stop is happening, while the tire is missing, everybody else around the car, and there's like you know, it's like a dozen red uniforms standing uh-huh. around the car. They all look ice cold, super cool, just like yep. Look at us. And they're like, hmm, it's taking a little longer than it should. Hmm, the car should have taken off by now. Hmm, why, why is, is it, it still, still here? Sitting here? Hmm. And they're slow, like they're, it seems like they're so slowly putting it together. Like I'm used to seeing a pit stop go wrong and everyone on the crew will be like pointing to the one guy that has an issue. People are scrambling. Someone else comes over to be like, hold on, let me get the backup oh. gun and let's try the backup gun. And there's no, none of that. It's movement. like, there's none of that chaos. There's no like hand waving or like, it you was know, like Italian gesticulation going no, no, no. on. It's, it was, it was like a, like a docu-series where something goes wrong in like the room and the camera person is like doing these like whip pans to individual people and the individual mm-hmm. people are all like kind of like huh i'm just i just nailed my lines i just nailed my yep. seat and like there's just one person who's not even there like isn't there to deliver their lines and do their thing and everyone else is so happy that they rehearsed so hard and tried so hard to nail that moment but then like the last person just isn't isn't there they just weren't Oh, I felt so bad for so, the guy with the So while this is even happening, and it's so much worse that this is happening at the same corner of the car. Yeah. The 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 wheel gun is not even being closely held in the hands of the no. person that's desperately holding their breath, waiting for this, this like, tire to arrive. There's going to be a tire and I should and, be holding and, this gun to put the tire in place. Yeah. And and give them relief. The wheel gun is sitting on the ground and the wheel gun is not sitting on the ground right next to the kneecap of the person who's nope. going to be putting that wheel on. It's like basically a full metric meter. Yeah. Not even in away like from them, arm's like, reach. Like after, so Sergio Perez then- does a brilliant pit stop. Red Bull does like a pit stop in 2.5 seconds. Money, yep. of course. Uh, yeah. And Sergio Perez goes to leave pit box and runs over the gun, runs over Ferrari's wheel gun, like fully both tires runs over the wheel gun. Yeah. <laughs> and like you see like the onboard because they replay the onboard and you see Sergio's yeah. car like buck up twice after it hits like as as a driver in like, can you imagine just like very briefly, he must be, he was like, oh my God, did I hit someone? Like what, like wh- how, what did I just run over? I sh- nothing should have yeah. been there. Nothing should have been in my way there. And he's right. Nothing should have been in his way there. And it certainly shouldn't have been a full on, like unattended pneumatic wheel gun from Ferrari who should be like using that wheel gun to like, do the sound to get someone's attention so that people look at the back rear left-hand corner of that car to be like, why is that person just making the, like repeatedly making the wheel gun do the sound? Like what, what's happened? Oh, he needs a tire. We should probably bring him a tire. No, that guy is also somehow maybe still like 
maybe he like burped up a little bit of the espresso he was drinking right before the pit stop. And he was like, Oh, that that was very, let me put this wheel gun down so I can like settle myself and do my, like hit myself in the chest and settle my gut or something. Like, I don't know. Do you think he's like, do you think he's like, Oh crap. I forgot. I left the wheel in the truck. It's going to take him like another 90 (laughs) seconds to even get that thing out here. Let me put this heavy wheel gun down. Like he's probably like to, Oh, let me put my earbuds in, turn on my headspace app, get a little meditation in. It's like, you know, they're going to be so pissed when they go to grab that last wheel and realize that I've dumped all of my espresso into the actual uh, tire blanket. And that's what's keeping it warm. And it's not actual like electric heat. Like this is this is a it's it's astounding. I mean, the the bringing out three wheels three tires for a pit stop is already hilarious enough. But like, this is the equivalent of like, you know, you're the, the waiter in the fanciest restaurant in the world. And you accidentally just spill the giant bowl of pea soup that you're carrying all over the place. And then you step on the pea soup on the floor, slip and fall and, you know, land in pea soup mess. Like it's. And somehow that pea soup, was hiding like the 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 Miss America who was going to pop out uh uh for the mayor and you've like knocked her unconscious and also ruined yep. the surprise for the mayor. Yeah yeah it, it's just they're they're I mean they're finding bravo. Truly it is excellent. It's top flight clowning. Like what will they think of next? I can't imagine it. I I literally can't imagine it. I didn't imagine that this was going to happen. They f***ed up a pit stop last week. And then here's the thing is that wasn't the only pit stop that they f***ed up. That's not what like ultimately ruined Carlos's. I mean, it was what ultimately ruined Carlos's race. But then he also had an unsafe release where he he got ran into by an Alpine during the chaos of the parade of cars coming through the pit lane. And I could have sworn even there. So it's tough because it's a crowded pit lane and they do, they're doing this thing now where the cars are angled inwards, which means they have to make, it's like easier to come to a stop, but you have to make a significantly more aggressive exit. But I could have sworn in the footage that I saw that one of the mechanics was just too close to the Ferrari and it was making it harder yeah, for for Carlos to get around him and just get a, a clear shot into into the pit lane, and so yeah. like he's then like hesitating coming out, yeah, which ends up resulting in an unsafe pit release. I mean, just it's <laughs> it's astounding. He's like the 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 best part about the radio communications. Uh, there there was one more that was just perfect from Ferrari, but um, there was the the best part about the communications between Carlos. And the his his engineers is he's like I had to take avoiding action like that I couldn't I didn't want to hit one of my own engineers or I didn't want to hit one of my own mechanics and also one of the McLaren guys was out yeah because they were also doing pit stops yep right during in front that. of them yeah so his justification was <laughs> I pulled out in an unsafe way because if i hadn't pulled out in an unsafe way i would have killed someone like i don't understand what the argument he was trying to make was i yeah it was uh i mean it was an, an argument that like ultimately this was not carlos's fault 
it was not his fault. And it sucks that he got penalized for it. It absolutely sucks that he got a five second yeah. penalty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he didn't deserve that. And Ferrari absolutely deserves it. They des- yeah. they deserve a penalty of some sorts. I hope that they get some sort of massive financial penalty for that. And I know that they will. But it's just one of those things where it's like, why did you you've screwed over Carlos from the jump, just like you basically screwed over Leclerc from the jump last race. Like you can't have, you don't get to pick one driver to do a good job with and then hope that the other driver is talented enough and can engineer their own race despite your best efforts to ruin it by engineering Mm -hmm. their race and then expect us to not all over you when something goes wrong. I mean, that Ferrari deserves all of the, (laughs) all of the attention that they're getting right now. They absolutely deserve. Uh, I have so much respect for Charles and Carlos and even Matea like I'm so sorry dude I'm sorry that you're put in this position it's an impossible position that man is in an impossible position and it yeah. sucks oh boy is it fun to watch it's uh oh it's so entertaining it's yeah I I, I feel like like I'm going to you know in the same way that I'm like Red Bull have got the rest of the season locked and we're just going to kind of be watching yeah. them walk away from everyone else I'm just going to say I don't think Ferrari can top this. I think this was I think this was peak clownage. I mean I, that's that's me also intentionally challenging them. I but. know what you're doing, John, and it's and it's mean. You should stop doing this. <laughs> don't 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 do what you're doing. I it's I I I mean, yes, I understand what you're doing and it's beautiful because they're going to do something that's going to make us go I mean, at least, at least they didn't make the same mistake twice. This is like when my when my son is like, "Hey, Dad, do you think I can fit you know three chicken nuggets in my mouth at the same time?" I'm like, "You shouldn't do that because you could choke." But like, you think you could do it? <laughs> what? Uh, All right. So, so elsewhere in outside of the the core tragedies of uh, of the Zandvoort race, what uh, what else stood out to you? Uh, I mean, there was a, a beautiful moment, a beautiful like another duel between Seb and Mick uh, that was very very fun to watch them battle it out. Uh, that was, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it was just. It was very clean. It was very gentle. It was very courteous. But it, because it was done on Zanvort's track, I first of all, I love Zanvort. I wish every track was like Zanvort, like had the undulations. It doesn't have a ton of elevation changes, but the undulating and banking of that is just so fun to watch as uh, as mm-hmm. a fan. Like the cars are never stationary. They're even when they're on full power, they're coming out of a bank turn. So it's like really, really impressive. Uh, these cars look fast on this track. Yeah, this track looks amazing. And I mean, yeah. there's something you know. Uh, my my uncle, who's a, a very seasoned racing instructor, uh, you know, he he was just like, yeah, this looks the way this track flows, the the banking. Uh, all of it, it looks absolutely exhilarating to drive. Yeah. yeah. I I would love to just do a track walk on on that. And it's also super close to Amsterdam, too. I didn't realize that it was mm-hmm. only like 30 miles away or so. It's, I mean, I know it's all pretty small over there, but 
uh, I didn't realize it was that close to to like a major much like one of the most major metropolitan areas uh, in that part of the world. It's yep. like thirty miles away from. There was also a moment where they showed the Ferrari mechanics trying to fix the gun, and it was just this beautiful. It's just it's. I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Ferrari, but it's so funny to watch you struggle. You do it to yourself, like you did that that exact thing they did to themselves. Mm-hmm. So it was a delight. It was very fun to watch. Uh, what 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 else? What else stuck out to you? Uh, there was an awesome little moment uh, going into the first corner at the very start of the race where Hamilton oh, and yeah. Carlos almost got totally tangled up. Yeah. And they got really close. Hamilton went into a full drift while his wheels were basically like interlocked yeah. with uh, Carlos signs and both of them came out of it just fine. And I thought that was pretty remarkable just to see that going into, you know, on cold tires going into this first corner, everybody duking it out super hard. Uh, that, that kind of blew me away. That was, I was a little bit nervous when, when that happened because of what happened, you know, lap one in Belgium was, was kind of sitting on me pretty heavily uh, mm-hmm. There was another moment, and it was at eight forty in the morning. No, sorry, it was eight eight thirty in the morning for me when Vettel got the blue flags for oh, um, yeah. impeding Oof. Hamilton, and I screamed at the top of like, and not when I say screamed, I mean I yelled like a man. Uh, this is maybe the like the most manliest I've ever felt, uh, which is sad. But I yelled, "God damn it!" Uh, at the top of my lungs uh, at eight thirty on a Sunday morning in a ve- in my neighborhood is very religious, uh, so I felt so bad <laughs> that I yelled it to like wake wake people up or uh, send them off to church uh, by yelling that. I felt real, real bad. But I'm glad that Vettel got uh, got got uh, some. I felt bad for that. I mean, coming out of the pits, like there's only and like looking even at his onboard, I kind of felt like, I mean, what are you going to do if you went across this way? You might be impeding him. If you went that way, you might be impeding him. I feel like it was just like perfect bad timing for yeah. for everybody. Nonetheless, deeply, immensely frustrating yeah. to see that happen. And it almost, I mean, Max almost got the jump on him uh, right, right right there. In there. Yeah, that was yeah. that was almost it. Um also there was they they had Nico uh piped in uh oh, real God. briefly. I, there's something there is something so grating to me yeah. about Nico Rosberg chiming in once every 17 minutes during the race from like his living room. Yeah. From um, his, his, his literal like port side living room in Monaco. Yeah, from his, like, I can't be bothered even to go to like a local studio, but if you guys can set up, you know, if you can set up something, I will watch the race from my kitchen table and, uh, you know, chime in very occasionally. Yeah. And I I also said I I saw something where Nico was talking about after the race where he was like yeah Mercedes biffed it 
Mercedes really screwed yeah. up their strategy. They were not, they did not, they weren't flexible when they needed to be flexible and they were not rigid where they needed to be rigid. If they had kept George on those tires, Hamilton would have had a fighting chance because he would have had a lap to get his tires warm and then he would have been able to fight Max until the end. But because George kind of called his own strategy and they weren't like, nope, you're staying out on medium tires, that ruined Hamilton's race and that was Mercedes' fault. And uh, I was like, I hate that I agree with you, Nico. I hate, I, yeah. I, I hate just, myself. I just want to imagine... I want to imagine someone going up to Toto and being like, oh, Nico chimed in and this is what he said. And Toto just being like, you tell me I got to listen to this motherfucker yeah. right now. Yeah, I would. Oh, I hope that. I mean, what makes you think I care? Yeah, exactly. About just, what Nico Rosberg yeah. has to say. <laughs> Toto from being- his dining room table in, in Monaco. You know, like, I would I would love it if Toto was asked about Nico and he was like, why is Nico Hulkenberg? commenting on oh that nico i'm sorry i forgot that he even yeah. existed yeah oh god i thought um, you were talking about a relevant nico yeah someone um, that matters to me at all um oh speaking of uh relevancy at mercedes there were rumors rumors here that Danny Ricardo could end up as a reserve driver for Mercedes next year if he doesn't find right. a seat. There is a so chance. So that's that's fascinating and kind of exciting to me, but I think I get too far ahead of myself with stuff yeah. that probably wouldn't happen, but it would be like does that mean we get to see Daniel Ricardo in like a practice session and then get to see what he can do with a hot piece of equipment? Yeah. In comparison to Russell and and Hamilton. Yeah. Also and, and hope that that's like, you know, something that immediately uh uh what's what's the word I'm looking for? Vindicates him in, you know, yeah. In 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 great style and then uh George Russell stubs his toe badly, can't participate in a race weekend and and Danny Rick has to take his or seat. Hamilton ends up retiring after winning a championship or two more and Ricardo ends up being kind of like the journeyman who steps into that seat for uh until they they were to fill it out and then maybe he goes somewhere else or something I don't know I don't know um there was also news here uh now we're I'm, I'm stepping outside the Grand Prix here there was some news uh from Helmet Marco saying that mm-hmm. they are doing everything that they can to find Pierre Gasly a seat at Alpine so that they can bring in Colton to their seat at Alpha Tauri. Uh, so that is what it looks like. That That's like kind of affirms that Pierre Gasly will be going to Alpine uh, next year. And mm-hmm. we've got uh, Oscar Piastri is officially seated at McLaren, has been since July, which is yeah. pretty Yeah, that's a whole other slight spicy. against Danny Rick. Yeah. But I saw that Danny Rick reached out to Oscar and was like, hey, congratulations on getting the seat. I know you're just trying. It's all business. You're trying to get a seat in F1. I do not take this personally. This just it was just a, a you know, a sucky situation. And he and Mark Webber, I guess he he reached out or Mark Webber reached out to Danny Ricardo and was like, I'm sorry the way that this went down because of like. I was we weren't allowed to say anything and like the last mm-hmm. thing you know they're all all three of them are Aussies like 
all three of them really, really respect each other. There's like a great culture of racing in Australia. And those three, I mean, those two, uh, Ricardo and Weber, ultimately, I'm sure are happy to pass the torch on to quite literally someone who is potentially the next great in the sport. Like there's a chance that we see Oscar Piastri show up the same way like other people were saying they were like oh who are some people who really like kind of made waves when they entered the sport uh Mm -hmm. well you can go back to uh lewis hamilton and then before that you can go back to michael schumacher and before that you can go to Ayrton senna so if you look at the people who really muscled their way into seats in f1 there's a pretty great footprint for that and if oscar piastri is as good as he is is as good as he has been in the junior series in the feeder series uh even though he's had a year off even if he's as good as he could be he will immediately settle in with lando and i think lando is going to be great at showing him how to navigate f1 and i think a lot of the pressure is going to be off of him because if we get a colton herta in f1 he will be a rookie and the eyes will be kind of focused on him because there's some dicey stuff with the super license thing here because we don't honor the super license that Indy gives their drivers. It's not the same point system as F1 and the feeder series, even though it's very much comparable to F2 and F3. So there's going to be some controversy. This whole super license concept bums me out real, real bad because it does seem to create a lot of barriers to opportunities just to have some more interesting or unexpected, you know, or wild card drivers yeah. in in Formula One and just makes it seem like, oh, if you're awesome in another series, you might still have to do like community service for two years before they would let you in Formula One. Uh, you know, and, and Formula way, One only exists for... some of the most for... expensive community service that you could possibly Yeah, yeah exactly. Do. Like, it is... It costs so much money to be a part of the Junior Series uh, and well, Feeder it Series. It seems like it's it's just the sport is designed just to be like, you know, the, the Sundance Film Festival where, like, yeah. your film will only show at Sundance if you are not considering having it, you know, premiere elsewhere exactly. as well. Exactly. Like it's 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 you 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 anchor your entire career around Formula One or nothing. Yep. Which is and it's silly. Yeah, to me that kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there may be some changes coming because of Colton's arrival. So there may be some changes to the rules, which I think would be Yeah, good. I, I and it sounds like they're it's interesting. It sounds like the sport are maybe bullish on making that happen. And I would imagine a big part of that is like, there is some incentive with the continuing to grow American audience to have a American driver. But at the same time, formula one seems very hostile towards the potential of a Andretti racing team. Well, sport. It seems as though there may have been some pride swallowing on the Andretti side, uh, and some compromise being made on the F1 side for that, because apparently, this is rumored still, Alpha Tauri is up for sale, that, that they are going to be up for sale mm-hmm. at the end of this year, and Andretti Motorsports is now looking at purchasing Alpha Tauri, which would make perfect sense 
to have Colton Herta yeah. in an Alpha Towery because ultimately that does become an American F1 team with an American driver. Yep. And then we have Yuki Sonoda, who will remain on board almost certainly because of the Honda partnership, because of right. what they've done um, to to supply. Will and, it continue to be Honda with AlphaTauri, or will it become the Red Bull powertrain? I don't know. It may open everything up because if because the Red Bull powertrains are so weirdly in limbo right now, they're hiring up a bunch of staff yeah. who then may get folded into Porsche. So there's like some weird right. stuff happening on that side. So who knows what hap- what happens with Red Bull powertrains? Uh, maybe it does get folded back into Honda, and Honda sticks around with AlphaTauri, and there's some sort of American branding partnership because Honda is such a huge brand here in the States. Maybe they stay on board and are like, hey, yeah, we'll start building motors in the US uh, so that you can call yourselves an American F1 team. So who knows? Um, but there's there's a lot of stuff that is really up in the air uh, right now. And the season is still very exciting. It's like still super exciting mm-hmm. to watch these races. We thought last week we talked about the fact that Max Verstappen and Red Bull seem to be the most dominant. And this week, they only were able to make pole by like microseconds. Uh, so, yep. uh, and no, that, that, that was so much challenging needed, for the win. Yeah, that was some much needed relief, yeah. uh, I think, in those regards. So, I think that's for me, that's, you know, positive and, and healthy in general, which I guess leads me to, uh, you know, Corey, did, did Formula One stock go up this week? I think it absolutely did. With with Zanvoort looking as beautiful as it did in all the ways, with the fandom of Max Verstappen being so solid at representing themselves and motorsport, aside from the flares, aside from those flare tossings. They which, got the flares under control for, for race day. Uh they did. I was amazed. There was no there was no flares which until the race ended. I love that they have now okay. I love that the rule has now been like proclaimed. If you throw a flare or let loose a flare and it gets out of your control and it is found that you are the one who had that flare or brought that flare into the venue. You are banned from all F1 races for the rest of your life. And I yeah. love that that is now a condition. I agree. Sure. Well, yeah, my, maybe my, un- flares, my understanding but- was even that they, you know, they have a sign at the entrance of the track that was like, Please do not bring in flares. You if you have flares, here. we yeah. yeah, we ask that you dispose them in this garbage can. And what it sounds like happened was like, you know, they basically then were like, okay, if we have any reason to think you have a flare, we're, you know, kicking you out of the facility entirely. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you and that yeah, you know, that that got it under control properly well because it clearly was something that they were letting go. Yeah. And have been for, at all the tracks, yeah, yeah, at every track, not just the, not just which the I assume end. is like a venue by venue thing to control or or a limit or whatnot. But but it should be, it should be now. It's now it's a thing. Once a flare ends up on the freaking track, yeah, now it's now it's a thing. Now we gotta, you know, we didn't we didn't want to have to do this, everybody, but yeah, I'm honestly I'm glad that it happened, and I'm glad that it is now a rule. Because it ruins, I know that you said you enjoyed the view, but it ruins races. Um, 
it, it does. It, ru- it ruins the view for people who are there, uh, yeah. even though it looks kind of cool. And at the end, sure, let them loose. Um, as long as it's not going to interfere with the action on track, I don't mind the flares. I, I agree, John, that it is a fun thing to watch, but it happened. And I'm glad that it did. And I'm glad that no one was hurt. And I'm glad that yep. no uh, no drivers were Look, compromised. looked like a wild looked like a wild atmosphere there too. Yeah. Like there, uh, Dutch people, wonderful, wonderful people. Incredible. I, I was in spent spent some time in Amsterdam just a couple months ago, and yeah, uh, what a what a wonderful country. What a wonderful uh, you know people. Great spirit. Great you know positive energy. There is fun to see. Like it 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 did sound like, and even some of the uh, you know some of the the narrators of the race were describing it as being like a you know music festival like atmosphere and and what's great so seems uh seems like a lot of fun um but yeah i think i I think the stock definitely went up it was a very entertaining race it was not a a total blowout by verstappen even though he came through to take it in the end um it was great to see three teams fighting for pole three teams fighting for uh, the podium and even for the win. Like that is what we've hoped, wished and prayed for since the end of last season was like these regulation changes could make F1 really, really fun to watch, even for the uninitiated. And I think that we're now starting to get races that even if you've never seen one before, you're going to be like, Oh, that's pretty cool. I want to watch more of that. And that's, yeah, I think that's great. What- and, and and to the uninitiated, even if you can't discern the difference between clever and horrible strategy and whatnot, yeah, you can still tell that it's hilariously yes. awful to bring three tires out yes. to a pit stop. Even, uh, yeah, even even just, the most like anti car, uh, uh, completely yeah. unaware of how cars work. Uh, you do know that you need f- a car that has four tires. If you're changing the tires, you should change all four of those tires. Uh, at least bring four tires to attempt to change them. But uh, for safety's sake, yes, change all four tires whenever you change your tires. Um, uh, well, wh- what do you think, John? Do you think that the the stock went up? Yeah, I think between uh, comedic relief which i think is great for everything in the world and uh you know seeing a little bit of like verstappen dominance just slightly tempered um i I think we're still looking down a serious bazooka of you know verstappen and red bull um for the foreseeable future multi-seasons and whatnot but Uh, you know, seeing that tempered a little bit was good. And I think all the the shenanigans around Colin Herta and seeing, you know, the discussion of like, you know, the, it does seem like the FIA are going to attempt to kind of bend or relax some of their rules and limits mm-hmm. and, and whatnot in order to make that happen. And to me, that's just more stuff that's beneficial to the sport as a whole. So yeah. I'm I'm here for it. And I do think the stock continues to rise, particularly in the United States. Yeah, for sure. So one one last thing, Johnny, something something real British. Did you catch something that like really got you? Uh, there wasn't Britishness? there was anything that was particularly British. But what did speak to me uh, was there was something that I saw. Uh, I think it was either Thursday or Friday. There was a group that went to the banking 
that one super banked corner mm -hmm. and they were taking turns rolling stroop waffles down the banking to see who could get it the farthest. And that, that spoke to my heart because, uh, if you, if you do not already get down with a stroop waffle, get your hands like, on a delicious, you have caramel filled stroop waffle. It is even, my favorite, most even delightful like the store -bought, treat. Yeah. Like store-bought brand. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Whatever, are, whatever are, it takes. Are fine. But if you can get like a fresh one, my God do that. But even if you can't, Get the store bought brand, even if it's a little stale, it'll change your goddamn life. Get it. Get a stroop waffle, rest it on top of a piping hot cup of coffee mm -hmm. to let it warm up the insides just yep. a little bit, and and uh, and then yeah, once that thing is just like starting to become just a little bit flexible, you sink your teeth into. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it dips down, kind of starts to do the like plunge into mm -hmm. the cup. Uh, yep. Well, uh, I. I British things. This is also something in the in the realm of of sweets. Uh, we had uh, Will Buxton in in one of the free practice sessions doing the most British of all British sayings, which is "If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a merry Christmas." And wow, I just I gobbled that up i loved that so much that is yeah that is yeah. some straight turkish delight right there yeah yeah uh i think it might have been in like reference to like ricardo in some way um of, uh, or something like that uh but it was oh just so it came it came through and i was like baby yeah i need more of this Oh, uh speaking of um commentators and whatnot mm -hmm. did have you seen there is this thing that Amazon has put out? It's a new platform that is some form of like, they're describing it as like a new form of digital radio called AMP. Okay. And one of the key things that they are using to promote it with, um, and this is like, it's a big service. They've, you know, wrapped in a whole bunch of... Uh, different hosts and people that are notable from elsewhere, but they are doing a like F1 simulcast. Um, and so they basically have um, it's uh, it's Miro. Oh, and that's so, what and this somebody is. else doing like a live commentary during the race. I didn't I didn't listen to it. Uh, they're calling it uh, Fast and Loose. Yes, yes. I've is, seen... Is what it is. Seen some and then adverts I think they have. That. I think they have another one. Uh, oh, it's not, it's not a live feed, but they have another uh, piece with Will Arnett uh, actually providing, either doing like a podcast or something to that effect. I just thought that was mega, okay. mega fascinating, that like yeah. huge... Huge American focused sort of entertainers. Ooh, yeah. Getting pulled into, you know, providing more whimsical forms of of commentary and, you know, a little extra insight on the side. Well, folks, if you ever want to bring us in for consulting, we'll we'll host your podcast. Um uh, <laughs> or your simulcast or whatever it ends up being. Simulcast? Simulcast. Why did I say simulcast? simulation the, that'll be the yeah that'll be the next one <sighs> yeah that'll, that's that'll uh yes yeah um you can have your simulcast yeah, we're we're, simulcast. we're 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 down if you need some consulting yeah yeah our our rates are pretty high oh but 
you know, yeah. If if you want to take your game to the next level, yeah, maybe even prohibitively high. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Where can the folks find you out there in the world, Johnny? Uh, most active on Twitter, where you can find me under the handle Johnny Motion. Uh, Corey, where where are you out there in the world? I am Burn Corey Burn on all the social media platforms, and then we also got the F one files on Twitter and on Reddit. Uh, recently, I posted as recently as today on Reddit. It's I'm trying to get back into it. I promised I would, and I'm doing it. All right, folks, we will catch up with you. No, you will catch up with us. (laughs) You will catch up with us the next time on the F1 Files. (laughs) 